Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 255th episode, I'm excited to be joined by Megan Hines and Nicole Roller, and we're going to talk about our three-person exhibition taking place at McLean County Arts Center entitled Pathways, and that opens April 23rd and runs through June 4th. Also opening is Once Removed by Jim Neely and Wayne Bertola, as well as Punctuation, 35 Years of Diabetic Debris by Carl Smith. So once again, thanks to the McLean County Arts Center for this trifecta of exhibitions. Definitely head on over to mcac.wildapricot.org to find out more information about their programs, their exhibitions, education, all that great stuff. And thanks again to Doug Johnson and Reese Lovell, as well as the rest of the McLean County Arts Center staff for putting on this exhibition. I'm excited to be showing with Megan and Nicole. So Megan is a Chicago area artist and printmaker. We talk about the three-dimensional hand-cut prints that she makes that explore various ecosystems and architecture. They're really three-dimensional and interesting and colorful. Be sure to check out her work at megan-hines.com. And you can also find her on Instagram at megan underscore prints. Nicole is an artist from Peoria, Illinois, where she creates these shaped canvases that explore a variety of materials, geographical influences, cultural influences, architectural design, and we talk all about those. You can check out her work at Nicole'sGallery.com, and you can also follow her on Instagram at Gronvold underscore Roller. And of course, rounding out this three-person exhibition is myself. I'll be showing a number of paintings from my Pembroke series based off of my local neighborhood landscapes and of course these are paintings of suburban homes that explore ideas of the american dream they're super colorful they've got all sorts of light and color and shadow so i can't wait to be showing with both of these artists i do have an updated website you can check it out davidlinaway.com and of course be sure to follow me on instagram at davidlinaway Before we dive into this conversation, I want to remind any students listening that our 2021 Studio Break student competition is now open. So if you are currently enrolled or recently graduated in 2020 from a BA, BFA, or MA, MFA fine art program, you should apply to the competition. Our juror this year is Kendra Balgren from James May Gallery in Wisconsin, so we're very excited to have her on board. She's the creative director and a fabulous artist to boot, so we're very excited. She'll be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break to feature their work and have an interview. If you want more information, just head on over to studiobreak.com, look for the student competition page, and the application is quite simple. You submit a small fee, a link to a portfolio slash Instagram account, and identify who you are, and you are basically done. The competition's open to all visual artists, so 2D, 3D, video, etc. Anyone can apply that's a visual artist. So head on over to studiobreak.com and check it out. And of course, if you know anybody that should apply, please share this opportunity. If you're new to Studio Break, we interview a variety of artists and share all of those interviews on studiobreak.com. We feature their work, links to their websites, and of course, you can listen right there on studiobreak.com or click those links and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Facebook, so please like our page there. You can also find us on Twitter at Studio Break, and of course, be sure to follow on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. And with announcements out of the way, let's dive right into this interview with Megan Hines and Nicole Roller. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Nicole Roller and Megan Hines. How are you both doing? And I guess before I let you both talk at the same time, we'll start with Nicole, and then that way we'll be able to differentiate between Megan's voice and go from there. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi. I am great. Thank you. It's a beautiful day. 
And Megan? Um, yes, doing well. Um, again, yeah, beautiful day and excited to learn more about you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to hop on and talk all about your work. It'll be really exciting. We were just talking about the exhibition that we have coming up, the three-person exhibition at McLean County Art Center called Pathways. Again, it's exciting to be kind of, you know, showing with both of you. And obviously, you know, we wanted to kind of talk and, and learn a little bit more about each of you. So, you know, maybe, uh, Megan, why don't you get us started? Maybe tell us a little bit about your, your background, where you're from, and, and, and what you do now. I'm Megan Hines, born and raised in Champaign, Illinois. I pretty much have been creating since I was a little girl. Really wanted to continue um, my practice. Went to Parkland College for a couple years. Fell in love with all the professors there and just the program in general and transferred to Illinois State University. At Illinois State, I learned about printmaking and the process of intaglio and (laughs) decided that that was what I needed to do go a little bit more old school and very time-consuming process, but I think that's what I loved about it. And graduated with my um, BFA, focusing in printmaking, and then I had to kind of figure out what life after school like as someone with a BFA. So I ended up moving to Chicago because I needed to find a studio space. Printmaking requires, you know, acid bath large printing press, just lots and lots of equipment that I don't think I really fully um, grasped until I no longer had a space like that. Um, So I actually became a member at Chicago Printmakers Collaborative, which was a great way to find a community in Chicago. So the past four years, I've been a member there, continuing my practice and making etchings and hand cutting and making kind of three-dimensional work from there. I also have had like a number of jobs, <laughs> odd jobs to kind of fill in my nomadic lifestyle of, again, kind of finding myself and who I am as an artist and what I really want to do after school. I worked at the Museum of Contemporary Art for um, about over a year and, again, found another great art community and art resource in the city, learned a lot about kind of my disconnect with contemporary art and again um, really loving kind of the old traditional form of printmaking in the art world and yeah other than that I create artwork for traveling art festivals freelance and commission work finally have settled down <laughs> this past year I kind of have been back and forth from Chicago to Champaign and travel a lot So this year has actually made me get an apartment and settle, get a little bit of roots. Uh, And actually now, since everything has changed so much, I have been taking design classes and have been doing freelance design and illustrator work. So a lot of odd jobs (laughs) and still probably going to be doing the same kind of exploration on who I am and how these different jobs impact my artwork and um, how I create. But that's kind of my journey for for now after school. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Nicole, how about you? Well, I'm originally from Minnesota, was born in Thiefer Falls, Minnesota, but I spent most of my life in Moorhead, Minnesota as a child. I actually attended school or undergrad 
in Moorhead, Minnesota at Minnesota State University. And there I received my BFA in art education. I wanted the BFA because I wanted to have the studio classes in addition to the education component. In about 1997, 1998, I moved to central Illinois with my husband and started teaching high school art full-time in Tremont, Illinois. And I'm still teaching there now. I've been teaching there for over 20, 22 years now. Live in Tremont with my family, with my husband, and I have three kids. One's in college right now, just started college. And then I have another son in high school and then a daughter in middle school. Once I kind of got settled with teaching, I went back to school and received my MA in art education from Boston University. And that was, I think, around 2013. And after that, I kind of thought that I'd be done with education. But once I get settled or bored, I try something different or I want to push myself a little bit further. So I started the MA program at Bradley University for painting and finished that just recently, this past spring, I guess last year, and thought I was done again, but then I decided to continue on for their MFA program, and I'm currently in their MFA program right now. So that's just, I guess, a little bit of my background. It's like I'm teaching, you know, all the time, or I'm in school myself. They kind of go hand in hand for (laughs) me. Wow. So this past year must have been especially like stacked and time consuming with stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of changes, I think, on my end as a as a learner and then also as an educator and then my children too, watching them go through a new way of learning with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I know that if somebody listens to this uh, somewhat frequently, occasionally they'll hear me talk a little bit about my background, but I am also an Illinois State University alumni, got my BFA degree in painting there, and then graduated, gosh, I have to like go back into my memory, 2002, and then got my MFA from Southern Illinois University Carbondale in 07. And again, I've kind of been in Illinois for most of my life, did some residencies after finishing graduate school, so I got to travel. But, you know, it's been an interesting journey for me kind of being able to maintain that studio practice and, you know, even start this podcast, which is going on 10 years in October, which is, again, really interesting to talk to so many artists. I've been able to kind of manage that and teaching responsibilities. As I was (laughs) complaining to both of you earlier, I've now become good at, I guess, making videos or at least better. So that's kind of an interesting skill set that the pandemic (laughs) has, has brought on. But, you know, that's something that's, that's been fun. And yeah, I've always been interested in, in painting, though I do, just because I think there's a little bit of maybe a crossover, I am a really terrible printmaker, and there is some image transfers in, in terms of my most current work. So one of the things that I would you know definitely like to start with thinking about you know all of our work is you know some of those common threads, and you know obviously we can kind of talk a little bit more you know, about both of your works. But one of the things that I'm, you know, especially kind of seeing right away is just the the interest in abstraction and geometry and and color. Megan, you know, what kind of themes and ideas have you been interested in in your work? And again, even since you were talking about this, what's changed in the past year in terms of the approaches that you take? Well, I think the 
variation of work has just been in different times where I had access to a print studio and when I didn't have access to a print studio and kind of how that impacts my work in process. So pretty much the theme that's been consistent throughout my work is either the gathering of nature, color, um, or animals and how they kind of collect in these swarm-like communities. So that was kind of like my initial beginning of creating. And then when I was moving to the city, um, I found that parallel of here I'm surrounded by so many people, crowded streets, extremely crowded workplace, working at the museum, and why we all are coming together, how we're interacting as a society, as a community, and then also how we are living on top of each other in this very odd way. <laughs> um, so I started bringing more of an abstraction or architectural feel into my work, but still with um, the idea of collecting with nature, or if you kind of look in some of the um, series that's going to be in the exhibition at McLean County Arts Center, there's little bees. Are the bees an abstraction of humanity, um, building communities, or is there a parallel or a contrast to that? So, yeah, I think just kind of the idea of being from a small town and moving to the city and suddenly living in a sky rise and being able to see the layout of the city and how everyone was kind of interconnected really impacted my work and especially the series that's going to be showcased. With the other work that you've seen in the past year, the studio actually was closed because it is a communal space. And again, I don't have a printing press or a lot of the equipment, but I still was creating full-time and living off that salary. So creating changed a lot <laughs> for me. I started painting, and it really was just more about almost like it became a little bit more commercial. Paint is such a more direct medium than printmaking. So it was more about color and vibrancy and how that can relate and brighten people's homes in this really kind of dark or scary time. And how can I get those pieces into people's homes quickly and successfully? And then taking design classes on the side and kind of branching out and learning something new and breaking down um, the idea of I just have to be a printmaker too. I can learn multiple mediums and multiple ways of creating and how can I expand on that? Really interesting. Even though I uh, feel like I talk too optimistically with artists now about like the pandemic, I'm like, well, that's going to make like a really good forward shift or, you know, like it's going to bring something, um, even though obviously it's got to be really difficult to kind of be in this environment when you're so used to being able to you know, go somewhere and utilize all these tools. But again, it's really interesting to see how that kind of merges with some of the other work because there is still that, um, that flatness. It's really interesting, the color, the way that everything is like stacked. And again, just very interesting stuff. And I guess just to kind of continue that thread, um, you know, Nicole, maybe talk a little bit about some of the themes and, and ideas that have been consistent in your, your work. Sure. Thank you. In contrast, probably to Megan, I guess where she currently lives, I'm really rural. So a lot of the, the themes in my own artwork comes from my experiences and the landscape and the architecture. I get that theme of both nature and human-made objects or specifically architecture. 
is something that is reoccurring in my work. I don't consider myself a figure painter, obviously, but I do think that people are present or I'm thinking of them in my artwork. I think humans obviously leave an impression on the landscape, whether it's through farming or erecting bridges, roads, things like that, and how they interact with that natural space. And so there's a lot of push and pull between more fluid, organic, and then more of a solid, hard-edgedness in my work. And often that's reminiscent of those experiences, the atmosphere or the more fluid component of my work. I'm thinking more of nature, although I do pull a lot of nature colors specifically into my artwork. The last, I guess, couple years or even the last three years, I spent a lot of time specifically looking outdoors or in exterior spaces, architecture-wise too, um, and just recently shifting indoors, looking at more domestic interior spaces. So that's been a little bit of a change just recently, probably the last three months or so, I started to think about things a little bit differently, or maybe I had it just exhausted the exterior investigation. Recently, we did a remodel in one of our bathrooms, and I found this old wallpaper. It was like, seemed like 70s, but it was actually the house was built in the 80s. And that kind of revitalized my obsession and love for the 70s. And then just thinking a pattern on pattern and some of the obnoxious combination of those interior spaces. Interesting. It's it's so fascinating to kind of think about like the things that like sync up with other artists, you know, where you're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And then you're like, oh, no, that's that's something I don't do, you know. Um, but again, it sounds like, you know, themes of landscape or even nature, you know, is common or thinking about our surroundings and especially architecture. Obviously, you know, I been kind of dealing with suburban themed kind of landscapes for a really long time and you know previous iterations of that might included more like strip mall type things but then you know it seems like I returned back to uh, neighborhoods and again I moved I don't know when I moved here now (laughs) I think seven years ago going on eight but especially been kind of influenced by you know local neighborhoods but it's interesting because I've been living here for a long time and not really thinking about it and then you know, as I was mentioning with you, Nicole, via email, I, I got a DSLR a couple of years ago, like a smaller mirrorless one, and it really kind of changed the way that I thought about the kind of works that I do. And it's interesting because a lot of the things that I think about with plein air painting, I kind of think about with, with these paintings, even though I'm, you know, doing image transfers and, and painting over the top of it. But I think some of those formal elements, you know, especially color, it seems like with all of us is something that kind of draws a viewer into the work. And that's something that certainly I see, you know, when I'm looking for something interesting and, you know, like as I'm looking outside right now, I'm seeing that, you know, kind of like late afternoon, kind of early evening, you know, shadows on the grass and, you know, that kind of like warm light. And so, you know, those are the kinds of things that kind of really stick out to me that, you know, become interesting to me. I guess to kind of throw this out there for both of you too, Megan, you know, how, how is, you've talked a little bit about your process changing in terms of uh, painting, but I'm curious to kind of further that idea of process a little bit more. Are there, there kind of like preliminary things that you do in terms of working, like sketching or photographing or anything like that, that kind of guides those? Or how, how is your process um, in terms of developing one of the, the recent works? So 
process is obviously very heavy in printmaking. I tend to actually just prepare a plate and I have a general idea of what I want to relay based off writing. I do a lot of journaling and sketching based off of interactions that I've had working at a desk and what I'm observing on a daily basis. Um, when I look out the window, what I observe. So a lot of the the ideas or the final drawing that goes onto a plate, I wouldn't say is really done from a photograph or a sketch. It's more out of written word. Mm-hmm. Then I create the etching in the plate. And then a lot of the pieces are developed on the press itself. So I do a lot of stenciling from covering up a plate with different newsprint stencils and do a print color from there. And once you pull an image off of a printing press, you never really know exactly what you're going to get. So I think from each pull, I am inspired by, oh, a new color, or how can this shape interact with this shape from here? So it's a lot of building in the studio and creating an image from there, and a lot of pulls that are created that I'm like, well, I'm not really sure I like that, but I think I can cut it apart and um, collage it on or utilize it in another way. So I make just varied additions, like multiple to multiple varied additions in one studio go and come home and kind of see what I have from there. As for the layered aspects of my works, those are designed on the computer. I actually put my image onto like an iPad and do a drawing and sketch on top of it and then digitize and put it into a vector and have a machine cut out the um, shapes from there and I collage them on. That is a new process. I used to hand cut everything, but I was told (laughs) (laughs) that I was going to need like surgery or like I need to stop (laughs) cutting things by hand. And I was actually having legit pain. So I decided to kind of go into more of a design route, and um, which is interesting now because I am kind of pursuing that a little bit further. So yeah, so I guess my processes have changed a bit recently for the work that's going in the show, but that's pretty much what I do. There's a lot of steps. There's a lot of chemicals and different <laughs> locations, and the work kind of travels around with me and goes through different processes, different machines, and, and I kind of come up with the final end product. But yeah, there's a lot of different tools being used just to create the image. Yeah, really interesting. Nicole, how about you? I'm, I'm curious, especially because I'm noticing that the more recent works kind of have a lot more shaped kind of surfaces that you're painting on, but maybe talk a little bit about your process. A lot of my work I, I do at home, although I do take work with me at transports, whether it's at Bradley University or even the classroom where I teach. But I do have a lot of the tools and equipment at home. So that's kind of nice. But I think with my work, I don't sketch unless I'm making something a little bit more three-dimensional. I'll make a maquette out of a mat board, you know, just play around with. But the majority of my work, I start with the wet-on-wet ink and work outside with that. It's nicer when it's nice outside versus during the winter or when it's really cold. And actually that will have a different kind of effect of the work. If it's really hot outside and I lay the ink 
down on whether it's canvas or like an MDO board. That's what I use for my panels. It sucks the ink really fast and you get really aggressive washes of color versus during the winter, it dries very slowly and you get more of a soft mixing of colors. So I typically start with that first. And then after I do the ink portion, then I start laying the planes of color responding to that ink until I get to the point where a shape starts to emerge. And after that point, then then eliminating the edges, we'll cut the edges and then repaint the surface again. Because my shape panels I like to have the the color wrap around the entire panel. It is kind of involved in the sense that I just have to repaint everything over again. But if I want to make any tweaks with some of the colors, you know, then I, I know I don't have to be completely committed. Mostly I'm trying to find that form as as it's evolving. But I think the extended panels, I think maybe that you're referring to. And then I started the stackables, I call the, the work where the work actually, there's they were remnants or leftovers from the shape panels that I had a collection of them in my outbuilding and I didn't want to throw them away. And it was kind of like I would look at them and start playing with those extras, those leftovers and liked how they related or didn't relate to each other. Mm -hmm. And I typically work with mostly geometric abstractions and these have more of an organic feel to them. So that's been kind of exciting. And then I started working with clay, which is really odd for me to be working with clay, but I've (laughs) been incorporating now panels with clay and figuring out how to put it all together. But now I'm, I'm running out of remnants or leftovers. So now I'm actually making pieces to cut up to put together. So that's different. Yeah, it's interesting to think about how that process kind of continues to change. And it, it sounds like there's a lot of improvisational stuff that happens just by having to kind of respond to something in, in your work. Yeah, I, I love working with how to create something, talking with other people about their process. And I guess maybe it's the educator in me, but I always have these what ifs, like what if I tried this, what would the result be? So constantly testing out different ideas in my work keeps it exciting for me, I think. Yeah, yeah. And again, I feel like I go through kind of a number of processes myself, you know, so I think there's this interesting thing, especially now, like, you know, those little subtle differences, you know, obviously, I'm I'm working mostly through photographs that are then transferred. But I do think that there's kind of like in the way that Megan was kind of describing about like pulling a proof or something like that and kind of responding to it. Like there's kind of like the dumb part of me that's just like, okay, I know that I want to paint this like shadow in or, you know, whatever this intense color is or the way that this is finding its way into that painting. It's weird though, because after you kind of keep developing you know, body of work over a long period of time, you start looking for those ways of kind of changing it up. Or, you know, since I'm image transferring onto wood, 
you know, that's something that really has a variable to it. So in a way there, there is that printmaking quality, you know, sometimes my, my transfers like just don't come out as sharp or, you know, there's a soft edge over here or some kind of abstraction that becomes kind of interesting. One of the promotional images that's going to be part of the exhibition, there's this kind of like massive, like violet shadow hitting a house that looks super, super flat. Mm. And I, I guess one thing that I haven't talked about either, that geometric thing is something that was definitely like a part of my coming up in art. And so I think that's something that's really interesting as I look at both of your works, because obviously that's something that's very strong and, you know, something that I you know, certainly look for in, in my own work is flat, formal shapes of colors that are nice, interesting pairings or subtle pairings. And so, again, that's also, it seems like something that, you know, kind of relates a little bit to both your works. So it sounds like, you know, Megan, you've been painting and that's what you're going to be bringing for this exhibition. And then Nicole, you've been kind of taking these kind of leftover remnants and kind of compiling them into these more almost like three-dimensional kind of paintings. Are there particular things that have really kind of shifted in, in the more recent work that you're particularly excited about? Maybe like new angles or something that, you know, maybe people wouldn't necessarily know. I love that little detail by the way nicole about the the wallpaper for example oh yeah <laughs> you know like i mentioned the stackables i think are the the part that's the most new in my work but also i don't know if you saw the piece where i have the flat boards that i use the mdo boards and actually during one of my critiques at bradley it was suggested extending or creating another actual three-dimensional plane that comes off of more of the flat surface. So that's something that I've been trying to test or work on. And I've only made one piece so far with an extension. And I'm currently in the process of making another one. Possibly it'll be ready for the show coming up. I'm about three fourths of the way done with it, so we will see. <laughs> but um, for me, that it it has been a challenge just because it's not easy to cut away from the the board. I actually have to have a specific plan, mm -hmm. and where normally I work really intuitively, that is pushing me to to try other ways of even working. Yeah, Nicole, I, I understand because my work, I started doing the three-dimensional layered pieces by taking something and kind of carving away to expose another. And I couldn't cut anymore with my hand, so I had to suddenly step back and now do it through a computer or have some other machine cut it out. And that changed the work and the attention of the work a little bit. So it's an interesting realm when you want to create uh, something new or do a new experience, um, but how it impacts that kind of intuitive, free-spirited kind of action. And it becomes a little bit more thought out and maybe a little bit less abstract. Mm -hmm. So I understand that kind of challenge in a way. So the work that you were talking about where you would physically cut, would that be one of the examples that they have on the McLean Art Center page? I think it looks like almost woven or stacked grids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're actually, it's all paper. So it's all hand printed paper. I used to hand cut it, but now it's all 
cut by the machine and designed through the computer. So sometimes when I was doing more of the hand cut things and I would like, it was easier to be specific about certain areas that I would want to cut up, cut away. But because it's going through a machine, it's a little bit harder to line it up. So it's kind of become something new and I think a little bit more, I guess, abstract in a way. But yeah, so that that work is all stacked paper with like little paper tabs that push it out to make it three-dimensional. Nice. One of the things I noticed about it too is that it seems like then when they're kind of hung, is there kind of like some interaction in the way that those like cutouts affect like the shadow behind them if there's light projected on it? It's actually very cool with the lighting because it projects like a whole new piece and it is encased in then a shadow box. So you're able to kind of move around the piece and get these new perspectives. What I hope is that people kind of search through the piece to see something that's behind um, or something that is becoming revealed. So sometimes there's a collection of insects or a collection of homes that is kind of being revealed behind these cut out pieces of paper. Yeah, super interesting. I guess one other thing that I was going to ask both of you is, you know, material wise, you know, it looks like too, there, are there other things in there, Megan, that you're kind of incorporating? Because it looks like there was one maybe with like thread or something like that. Yeah, I've done a lot of different hand stitching and then going through the machine with stitching or kind of weaving in thread material. Nicole, I actually have wanted to put plaster onto the paper to give it some sort of like texture. So that's interesting that you're incorporating clay. Any way that I can kind of weave in almost like a collected item, string or items that that are outside. Interesting. Nicole, are there other materials that you're using aside from the the clay? Or is it pretty much then just the ink and the clay and the panels and, and, and paint? Yeah, and I use spray paint also with my work, but that's about it for the material while. <laughs> I feel like I need to step it up with spray paint, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, d- I definitely feel old in that regards uh, because I've interviewed so many artists that use spray paint as such a interesting way to kind of add atmosphere. Yeah. And then I think that's something also that's kind of really interesting to... Uh, you know, think about relative to your works is like, I think I might've mentioned to you, there's aspects of them that are so interesting in terms of the things that they remind me of, or, you know, if it's like the texture of water or something like that, Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, nature trees, or, you know, likewise, it's interesting to think about those patterns because Mm -hmm. again, I don't know if there's a direct correlation to seventies design, but (laughs) is that something that you're really conscious of while you're, you're working through them or, yeah, I, I am thinking about those relationships with my surroundings and I would say the atmosphere, specifically with the ink portion of my work, and then thinking of more industrial or architectural for the solid areas, the more geometric, I guess, for my my pieces. I guess one thing that I'd like to kind of ask, I mean, do, do either of you see like a a new direction kind of down the road? I mean, I know that we were talking about things changing obviously in the, in the past year through the pandemic, but is there, I guess, works or or preliminary ideas or things that you kind of think about? Because I took up running, um, which eventually caught up with me during, (laughs) during the pandemic, (laughs) you know, I left the gym a long time ago and now my feet are, you know, 
essentially killing me. But I, I just start noticing these little details. So I've been running early and kind of catching fragments of these really weird shadows and these really flat aspects of like the spaces in between homes and things like that. And so for me, I like that's kind of like how it starts. What kind of things are you both thinking about in terms of uh, divergent you know, explorations of your, your work in the future? Honestly, this year has been hard to create, I have found. You guys are both teaching and having that interaction through Zoom or, Cole, you're taking classes. That's awesome, and I'm really excited for you. I'm a little jealous. It's been an interesting year for me to lose the community, my studio space, and have to also have all of my events and festivals canceled. So I went through a large amount of time where it was, why am I even making? What am I making? And I'm doing all of these processes and, and things that I don't have access to. And that's why I kind of needed to do the painting where I'm doing something that's immediate and um, maybe a little bit more understood for the time period. So I am guess I'm interested to see if I continue the process of printmaking to such a rigorous dedication that I had, or if I'm going to explore other mediums um, or other alleys to see kind of what's next in how work is being seen, how work is being perceived. This show's being a virtual show versus a show that's in person. And I feel like my work is seen really well in person rather than virtually. It looks completely flat. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just kind of seeing what has changed in the art world and kind of where I can fit in and what my work can do to help with these kind of interesting impacts on society. Yeah, so I don't know if I have an answer of what's next, except <laughs> I'm questioning everything that what was. Yeah, I guess where are you guys with it? <laughs> I'm sorry to be a downer, but <laughs> it's been a bit of a soul-searching time. Absolutely. Nicole, how about you? Yeah, I, I think that's great. I love what you said about, you know, investigating or thinking about what was versus you know, what may become just because, you know, I think for me, I also in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, I did not want to paint or create or do anything like that at all. And so I spent time making a new studio space in my basement where it used to be a kid's playroom. And so I just painted walls white <laughs> and did mindless work until I got out of that funk of just not wanting to think about my artwork and question, you know, why am I even doing this? But then it crept up on me as, you know, this is, I needed to do that too. But I did spend time walking a lot. David, I probably should have been running, but I was walking. (laughs) And that's when I really pulled in my surrounding and the landscape. But once things started opening up for me, and I've been in the classroom um, face-to-face since the beginning of the school year until now, and everything just kind of went crazy because, like you, David, I was having to tape 
everything mm -hmm. and also present in person and then completely redo, revamp my curriculum because a lot of things that I had taught in the past were not COVID safe. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of those t things to think through, but I was thankful to also have my art at the same time because you know, that was something that I knew and had more control over. And I think my work too has reflected that, that sense of wanting to control something in my life and really embracing that hard edge painting and wanting to become proficient, really good at it, having extremely clean lines. I get great satisfaction of being able to do that. So, but as for the future, I think I'm just moving along, <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> yeah. kind of checking the box, checking the box and thinking, okay, I have that done and, you know, continue on to the next thing. But, you know, I just try to get in so much time, at least an hour of studio time a day here and there, bits and pieces and not really think about, you know, what's next. Just, just doing the work daily practice for me. I think you just described my last year, you know, it's like you kind of get, <laughs> get through the day, you know, and I think that was yeah. the weird, like mental thing for me with running is like, it was like, if I can like run through this time, then it's like, okay, I can do zoom classes all day or, you know, learn how to document work. And it's gotta be like so difficult to think about trying to be in school and teaching at this time. Like, I don't even know how that that would happen I would drop out <laughs> you know yeah you know to think about the last year it's been super challenging for me too because like I need like everything balanced in terms of like you know job and life and you know getting stuff done so like kind of being thrown online it just totally wrecked everything and so mm -hmm. I think for a long time I was just so self-conscious of like making sure that my classes would be done well that I, you know, did a lot of making in terms of class stuff, but I wasn't really doing a lot related to painting. And I actually like got really into, oddly enough, like writing songs. I played guitar 70 years ago, like every 16 year old that buys a guitar and goes to college and then plays it for like a year and then puts it away. Um, <laughs> and so my friend was like, Hey, you should like send me something. And so I've been messing around with that, but I mean, we are closing in on a band name, which is super weird. I have like over 20 some songs and I'm like, I never thought I'd be doing this. And so it's been interesting because now I've been able to bring, you know, some painting back into that mix. And so it's like, you know, like both of you are maybe saying to kind of like, you know, tread water. It's like, okay, on Monday I've got, you know, this interview, then I have to grade, then I have to do dinner prep. Then the next morning I have to do this. And so it sounds like there's some similar things going on for both of you in terms of trying to get through this year. But I, I guess one thing that I'll just kind of reveal, too, that, again, just blew right over my head was that I'm going to be buying a home this year, I guess, theoretically. Wow, so exciting. I think it's going to absolutely change everything. As I was joking with people, I think I'm going to be like painting. I don't know what, you know, it'll be like cracked garage doors like at, you know, <laughs> at six in the morning with the, you know, like when it gets jammed and there's light coming in and you're like, oh, that could be an interesting painting or something. I don't know. Well, as we bring this to a conclusion, I just want to thank you both for joining me. Once again, our exhibition, Pathways, opens at McLean County Arts Center April 23rd and runs through June 24th. But there's also two other exhibitions going on. 
Once Removed by Jim Neely and Wayne Bertola, and Punctuation, 35 Years of Diabetic Debris by Carl Smith. And of course, those are all running at the same time in McLean County Arts Center. They will be virtual exhibitions, but I believe if you contact McLean County Arts Center, you can see the exhibitions on a small scale. So contact them. And of course, there'll be a link on studiobreak.com for the McLean County Arts Center. I do want to direct listeners to both of your work. So, Nicole, please tell everybody where they can find out more about you. Uh, my website is Nicole'sGallery.com, and that's Nicole with an H. And then I'm on Instagram, and it's actually my full last name, Gronvold underscore Roller. And my work is also at Boxhart Gallery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and also James May Gallery in Wisconsin, and Leslie Tyler Design, that's out of Peoria, Illinois. So th- those are some areas, I guess, if right. people want to see some more of my work. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Megan Hines again here. It was great to chat with you guys. You can find my work on my website, um, Megan-Hines, H-I-N-D as in dog, S, Dot com. Um, on my website, you can purchase work directly through there or contact me with a commission. You can also give me a follow on my Instagram, and it is Megan underscore Prince, P-R-I-N-T-S. So you can find my work there and hopefully check out the show at the McLean County Art Center. All right. Well, everybody, make sure to go follow Nicole and Megan. And of course, hopefully check out the exhibition. It's been great talking to both of you about your work and exciting to have this exhibition going on. So super excited about the Pathways once again opens at McLean County Art Center, April 23rd. So check it out. Thank you both for joining me. Really appreciate talking to you today. Again, thank you both for, for taking the time to do this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Thank you for hosting and setting this up, David. Thank you, David. It was so much fun. Thanks again to Megan and Nicole for joining me, and please check out our exhibition Pathways at McLean County Art Center, along with two other exhibitions, Once Removed by Jim Neely and Wayne Bertola, as well as Punctuation, 35 Years of Diabetic Debris by Carl Smith. These exhibitions open April 23rd and run through June 4th. You can find out more information by visiting the McLean County Arts Center website, mcac.wildapricot.org. I believe they are organizing some visitors, so please contact them and check out the virtual exhibition there. You can check out Megan's website, megan-hines.com, and follow her on Instagram at megan-prince. Nicole's website is nicolesgallery.com, and you can follow her on Instagram at gronvold underscore roller. Another quick reminder that our 2021 student competition is now open, so if you're currently enrolled or graduated in 2020 from a visual arts program, you should apply that's open to undergraduate and graduate students as well. Our juror this year is Kendra Balgren of James May Gallery and a fabulous artist and curates the shows there, so definitely check out James May Gallery and follow them on Instagram. Kendra will be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break that's once again open to all 2D, 3D, and 4D artists. So head on over to studiobreak.com, check out our competition page to apply. Again, it's quite simple. You submit a small fee. You email a website and or Instagram account, and you are done. So definitely get those applications in. And, of course, if you know anybody that would be interested, please share this opportunity. 
Be sure to check out the archived episodes on studiobreak.com. Each of our interviews there have images of the artist's artwork, links to their websites. You can listen right on the default player or click those links and subscribe to the podcast. So you've always got something to listen to while you're working away in the studio. Recent guests include printmaker Sean Caulfield, painters Rob Fifield, Paulo Arau, Gabe Langhorts, as well as recent graduate students Wansi Young and Anastasia Sitnikova, as well as our current episode from last week, Karen Mintzmoyer, who is a sculptor from Pittsburgh. Definitely check that out. Be sure to follow Studio Break on Facebook and like our page there. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break and, of course, on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. Be sure to say hello and let us know if you enjoy these episodes. It's always great hearing from listeners. Music today brought to you by Golden Shadow, which features myself, Ben Cohan, and Brett Beery. You can see Ben's paintings by visiting mbencohan.com and, of course, follow on Instagram, mbencohanstudio. You can find Brett Beery on Instagram at Brett Beery, and he's got an album available on Bandcamp, link there. You can check out my paintings, and I've just updated my site at davidlinaway.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at David Linaway, so be sure to say hello. And that's a wrap. Hope that you enjoyed today's episode, that your studios are super productive, and you're staying safe. We'll talk to you real soon.